One out, nobody on. The payoff to Murphy. Left-hand batter, strike three call. To the knees and right down the middle of the plate. But down, Murphy. Some games go on for a long time. This one's still going on in my mind. Welcome to Autographs. This is episode six. We're looking forward to an evening with Niv Shaw, the creator, founder, and mastermind behind the game of Auto New. <laughs> Niv, welcome. Hey, glad to be here, guys. I'm uh, hosting tonight with our good buddy Tom Alterzuski. Tom, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Trey? Doing well. We're excited to get started. We've talked to Niv for several weeks now. We finally got uh, some time with him tonight. So, Niv, welcome. We look forward to talking to you this evening. Yeah, I'm pumped. Let's go. Well, just to start things off, uh, maybe we'll start off with the most uh, up-to-date news, but uh, we'll kind of work backwards from what we talked about before. But today you had an announcement that you've created a new auto new community on Discourse. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I've always uh, thanked you guys for is driving uh, sort of the unofficial community uh, on Slack, uh, which has been a really great way of having auto new uh, owners and users be able to talk to each other, trade strategy tips, um, talk about player evaluations. Um, a lot of great stuff has come out of there. And um, I was thinking a little bit about how to ensure that the best content that the community creates and the best strategy, the best um, tools, all that stuff uh, is sort of always available to new to new users, uh, to new owners, to people who are interested in auto new but don't really know how to start yet. Um, one of the things I discovered early on was that uh, the number of people that have visited uh, the auto news sites uh, compared to the number of people that have signed up and actually picked up a team is like really big difference. It's a huge ratio, something like 10 to one. So, uh, I know auto new is a pretty intimidating platform, uh, for fantasy games. I know auto new fantasy baseball has like a lot of nuance to it. And it's really hard. Um, but, uh, what I want to do is make it easier for people to make the game easier to sort of share what we've learned, share like all the different ways to think about it, share why it's fun. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, I started uh, community.autonew.com, uh, which is also available if you go to uh, Autonew and up at the top right, there will be a link to the community. And anyone can visit it. You don't have to be an Autonew user. Um, you don't have to own a team. Uh, so anybody can visit. You don't have to log in. Uh, in order to post, you have to uh, log in and have to have been a participant for a little while. Um, on the forum, but it's just a really great way to sort of gather everybody who is interested in the game, everybody who has been playing for five years now, like five or six years, however it's been, and everybody who's just like learning about it from the Rotographs posts and learning about it from hearing about it uh, on the Fangraphs chats or whatever, and just getting everybody uh, an opportunity to learn, uh, you know, with the, the Slack community, which has been a really, uh, tight-knit, um, strong force and moving that conversation forward, like sort of 
letting everybody learn what that Slack community has learned, which is that, you know, auto new isn't quite as hard as you think it is. And it's, and it's pretty fun. And there's a lot of good strategy out there and a lot of different ways to play. And, you know, I just want to get that message out to as many people as possible. Um, and so I'm just figuring out different ways to do that. And this discourse forum, um, again, it's on community.autonew.com. That's, uh, that's started, that's, you know, live to everybody today and hopefully it can help accomplish some of those goals. So we had talked a little bit um, just before we started recording about the way that uh, the discourse uh, software, I guess, works about how um, some of the people maybe who have the most information to give, uh, their answers can kind of be moved up to the top. So that way, somebody who's asking for information, uh, they'll always know that they're kind of getting stuff from the most experienced users. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so the guys who built Discourse, which is the software that we're using, they built uh, another site called Stack Overflow, uh, which is a sort of family of sites that sort of do the same thing, sort of a question and answer type scenario. So sort of Yahoo Answers, but with a little bit more trust. Uh, Yahoo Answers has the problem where you don't really know who's answering your question and you can get all kinds of bad information, um, like laughably bad information on Yahoo Answers. But if you go to, <laughs> right, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, but if you go oh, yeah. <laughs> to, um, so the discourse forum, I'll use that as our example, like the one that we have up uh, now. Um, uh, if I post an answer to a question that, uh, say, a trade actually just did post a question a little while ago, and I responded with a new topic and a little answer, and uh, by virtue of either starring or liking uh, my response, uh, my response will always uh, move up to the top, or you'll be able to see quickly, like, what responses are getting the best reaction from people. Um, and the more that I do that, the more trust that I get. So that means that's the more things uh, I am, a, as a user, am allowed to do on the forum. So uh, to give an example for like a new user, if a new user came on and uh, was really interested in the game and maybe had a pretty good baseball mind or had a good auto new mind, but uh, you know wasn't one of the people that was uh, one of the moderators already on the site, they'd be able to get started by answering some questions here and there, like, hey, what would you bid for this player? Well, okay, here's my answer. And if that answer is good, uh, people will like that answer, right? Because that's sort of the natural response to it. And the more that that person's answers are liked, uh, then that user is allowed to post their own topics. They're allowed to start their own conversations. They're allowed to um, uh, just sort of be designated as somebody who clearly knows what they're talking about. and. Uh, in doing that, like you do a really good job of allowing the community to um, sort of do the work of uh, bringing the best content to the top, or at least that's the theory of it. So we'll see how that actually works out uh, once people really dig in. Um, and I'm hoping that'll happen like this week and next week. But um, but that's the theory behind the software. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's pretty sound. It's worked really well for the Stack Overflow sites. And um, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen other discourse installations, which is how I sort of got introduced to the software, where I found really great information quickly by um, just by the mechanics that they use. So I'm hoping that that same thing uh, can be true for AutoNew. Yeah, I, I really like that uh, the way it kind of works with the trust levels. Uh, one thing that I've noticed on the Slack community is if you ask a question you know, you're going to get a lot of answers. But for someone that's really new, I would imagine you know, they don't have an idea of who are some of the most experienced owners 
you know, so if they get wildly varying answers, they don't really know how much stock should I put in these different ones. And I feel like the trust levels would be a really great way to have that kind of become apparent, but also, of course, to let everybody answer and have their say. So nobody's getting shut down, right. but there is an easy way to kind of see, you know, this guy has been playing for five years and he knows what he's doing and that guy's a rookie. Maybe I shouldn't take his divergent answer at face value. Right. So there's a couple things from that um, that are definitely true. So the first is that uh, you nailed it on the head. Like you're definitely, everybody's going to be allowed to post. So it's not, it's more of a marketplace of ideas, you know. Uh, it's not uh, a place where only five people, ten people are going to be allowed to respond, respond to topics and everyone else just has to sit around and wait for answers. So that's that's really important and really good. And then the other thing uh, that, you know, will sort of come out of this, uh, since connecting to the community forum is directly tied to your AutoNew and Fangraphs account, uh, it's actually going to become really easy to connect uh, the discourse profile and your AutoNew profile, uh, which is sort of the way I think about, like, what teams you are in, what leagues you're in, like, how competitive they are, etc., um, so you can see like a future in which you can really get a real well-rounded picture of the kind of owner you have in terms of how they participate in the forums and also how they do uh, in the games and, you know, make your judgments on like, okay, how do I interpret this advice uh, accordingly? I think that'll be pretty handy. Yeah. One thing I've already noticed, Niv, is that the search feature is is really helpful and that ties back into, I think, what you said earlier that, you know, the only drawback or one of the drawbacks that we've seen from Slack is it's just not permanent. So as Tom mm. mentioned, if you have somebody new that has a question about the game, I mean, we, we've been on there so much that, uh, you know, we see similar questions pop up frequently from yeah. new users. So uh, discourse, I think, will will create more of a permanent record, a permanent reference for some of these guys as they log in and ask questions and, and users can kind of begin to answer these questions organically and they can go back and, and reference some of those things. Yeah. And there's definitely going to be permanence to this stuff. And, um, the topics that, uh, will flow to the top are going to be the ones that have the most recent activity or the most recent views or whatever. Um, there's definitely like a sort of a heat index that, uh, that, um, controls the order of displaying the topics, but we have the opportunity, um, the moderators and the admins will have the opportunity to pin certain topics. Uh, nothing will ever go away. So like you said, you can always search and bump a conversation up from a year ago, whatever. There's no message limit. There's nothing like that. Like we're, we're hosting the discourse, so it's not uh, reliant on any third party. It's not going to all of a sudden cost a bunch of extra money or anything. So all those reasons just make it, to me, um, a really great solution and hopefully something that uh, the community can really embrace and be happy about using, uh, you know, uh, over the next few years. Well, it's good. It's, it's a compliment to Slack. So if for anybody listening that is using Slack, you know, we're still going to maintain a community there. But I think this is going to be a more permanent record for us going forward. And as Niv said, it it's easy to integrate. So you should, and one thing you said, I didn't know Niv from the beginning is that you don't have to, you don't have to be a member of AutoNew or join or anything to, to participate. So that makes it pretty easy for prospective owners. Yeah. I think that'll be great. If people are looking, you know, their buddy plays in an AutoNew league or they've been on Fangraphs and they've seen the name around, they can come and check it out and get a little better idea what it's about instead of feeling like this is, you know, this intense format, like that they have to really commit to, 
before they really know what it's about. I think that'll be really helpful. Right. Yep. That's definitely right. And um, so, you know, speaking to Trey's point about the Slack, like I think um, discourse should be uh, where everybody goes. And I think Slack is a place that is absolutely complimentary, uh, absolutely fun to rag with the 11 people in your league or the (laughs) 50 other people or 100 other people that you just talk to regularly about this stuff. I mean, the the way to look at it is like there's like the not even like the library, but like it's it's kind of like a a library slash town forum type situation on Discourse, and then you have the bar right, which is Slack, and like the bar is not for everybody, but like it'll be fun. And I was gonna say I would see Discourse is like Wikipedia a little bit, where you get real information. Slack is like <laughs> Facebook, where you can chat with your friends, and but you, you might, might not want to trust all the information you see. You might see. get some bad information, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you might get some good stuff too. No, I mean, like, yeah. I, I don't want uh, anyone to think that uh, this is like a, against Slack or anything like that. It's just um, Slack isn't going to encourage new people to join as well as this will. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hope what this what Discourse does is actually encourage more people to join Slack. Uh, which I well, think and I, I think it may encourage more people to join Autonew too, yeah, you know, right. based well, on people being able to get some information, which I think is a good point that people forget that Autonew is really growing and has grown over the past couple of years. So in a way, Autonew is kind of outgrowing the original purpose of the Slack League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I know you guys want to talk a little bit about that. You guys want to talk about that now? Should we? Yeah, I just Tom, Tom teed it up. But I mean, I think a year ago, Niv, you and I and Joe interviewed in a similar situation, similar setting. And we talked a lot about the the beginnings of Autonew. And I think it's important to capture that again here because the game has grown. We've got a lot more listeners. We're now, uh, we've got more um, more people dialing in on fan graphs and things like that. So I think we do want to know a, a brief history. We had some questions about how the game got started and how the scoring was set up and the roster mm-hmm. limits and things like that. But I think we also want to know how it's evolved over the last five, six, seven years. I know you've been playing longer than that and where it's going. So these are three very broad questions, but we can spend some yeah, time sure. talking about that. Yeah, sure. Well, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. Um, I'll, I'll start with what Tom teed up, I guess, which is uh, growth this year has been pretty good. Um, uh, there's been uh, 30% uh, new users over wow. last year. So that's like a strong, good number. That's a lot of new leagues. That's a lot of new players. Um, the thing that I learned, uh, when I was sort of digging into this is that, uh, the biggest months for new signups and, you know, really I should have seen this coming or not. It's not March, it's January and February because auto new <laughs> is such a, uh, sort of like mental hurdle to like really wrap your head around. Look, I'm going to do this this year that you really commit early. Like the, a lot of new users commit early to that, which is really great and a really cool place to be. Um, but the result is that, um, Trey, I know you guys just started blogging at the very end of January. And, um, and so I, I'm actually pretty hopeful that, uh, the, the blogging and stuff will have a really big impact next season as well. Um, because I think a lot of the people that had already decided to play out a new for the first time had decided before you guys started writing, uh, regularly. So, um, yeah, so. So growth has been good, and, and I have like every reason to believe it'll be uh, good going forward. Um, I'm still doing this full-time. Uh, Trey mentioned that we, we talked about this. Uh, we had this sort of conversation last year with uh, Joe, and 
we had this like sort of state of auto new conversation and I was telling you guys like, Hey, I'm leaving my job to do it full time. Well, I'm still doing it full time. It's been, uh, I think, uh, I, my last day at my old job was May 15th. So it's been almost a year and I don't see any reason to take a job until, uh, anytime before football season starts. So, um, thank you guys for that. Like it's really great. Um, that, uh, I'm able to, somewhat manage and uh scuffle through um so far so it's you know i've stuffed through it and it's been pretty good you should um, thank justin the most because he yeah. plays in so many leagues <laughs> well, I should th- i'm gonna ch- thank justin about uh 30 percent less than i did last year because i know he dropped a bunch <laughs> of teams but uh <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah no no justin uh thank you so much you're my number one fan i really appreciate it um now, like the the real meat of it is that AutoNew is not quite financially stable yet. It is not uh, a thing that I can. Uh, I'm still dipping into savings uh, pretty heavily to get through uh, my month to month expenses, and I'm not living extravagantly or anything like that. So uh, there's still work for me to do. There's still uh, a lot of growth, I think, potential. And at the end of the day, um, there's still about like. 2,500, 3,000 people playing on a new uh, baseball. And I think that number can can easily get bigger. And I think, uh, you know, the community is a huge part of that um, in encouraging people to join, encouraging people to give it a shot. I think the platform has stabilized a lot. It's improved a lot. I think there's still more for me to do on the development side to uh, either add a few new features, but definitely to stabilize the experience. And... Um, and most importantly, like AutoNew has done uh, zero paid advertising to this point, uh, zero attempts at acquiring customers uh, through Facebook ads or Twitter ads or any like Google ads, anything. So um, I think that is going to be the big focus this year. Um, yeah, you know, sort of transitioning over to like what um, the sort of near term future is like. Uh, it'll be a lot of focusing on introducing the game to a lot of people, um, showing people what the game is about and what, what the games are about and, and just trying to get more and more people to play. So that's sort of what is the near term stuff. Cool. It sounds like the discourse community will be really helpful for that as you're kind of reaching out to a bigger audience to have them have such an easy way to see what it's about and see if they want to join. Yeah, that's my hope. Uh, I think that's one of the big things that's been driving me on this stuff. I know I've been a little bit of, a stickler about getting it going. <laughs> uh, and Trey, I know I've given you a little bit of a hard time about it, but I think, you know, for me, it's like a really exciting thing. And um, I really, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's like, I think the discourse will be a great uh, sort of baseline thing to land on. I think all the great Rotographs content that you guys are producing every week will be really valuable or, or is really valuable on that front. And so uh, sort of having this baseline of like, this is what the game is about. And now starting to say to people, here's where you go to learn what this game is about and, and, and go seek out those users. I think that'll be, that's like sort of the two-step process. And step one is uh, taking some really big strides with uh, getting you guys blogging regularly, having regular blogging and having a discourse community set up that uh, the community can now go to one place to learn. Yeah, we have tried to to set sort of a foundational, 
I guess, reference in rotographs this year because I know we talked uh, before we started riding in January, but sort of a foundational year where we, what is the game? How do you play it? What are some of the basic strategies? And we're trying to mix in some different stuff in there as well. But I think that will be a theme for us as we continue to write this year. And Niv, I wanted to ask you about football because I know that was a major, major growth engine for you, a big initiative for you last year. So just briefly, we don't get to write about football very much, but talk a little bit about um, how, you know, was that was last season the first one was it was a success and, and what do you envision for football going forward? Yeah, uh, so for football, I think last season was a success. Uh, there were two hundred and fifty ish people playing, um, which sounds like a small number, but it's also a pretty big number for the first time that game you know existed. Uh, for Auto New, the first five years of baseball, it was twelve people playing, right? So my uh, my baseline is a little bit different. Um, and I did that again without really any advertising, any promotion. And so the goal this year is to, you know, pretty basically double that number and get some more people aware of the game. Um, I've been working with uh, some folks at Rotowire, which is, uh, you know, sort of a fantasy sports news site. They, uh, they provide all our player injury updates and player news updates on Auto New Fantasy Baseball. Um, I've been working with them to figure out some folks that I could maybe cross 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 promote football with, and then um, I'm also working with David at Fangraphs to figure out uh, better ways of promoting football next year. But everybody's pretty uh, excited about football, and I think it was a pretty great year. I think uh, the fact that it pretty much worked really well. Um, there was a couple of system problems, like meaning. I think there's a couple of gameplay issues that need to be tightened up, um, mostly related to uh, 48-hour auctions are a little bit tricky in a football with a high injury, high turnover. Um, but other than that, like the game was good, and I got to try out some new stuff. Like I, I tried out the lineups page, which is now in uh, baseball, uh, and. Uh, you know, using baseball and football as uh, stepping stones for each other. So I get to catch one sport up and then push one thing a little bit further and then do the same with the other. It's really great to have those two different uh, places to work for me. It's it's kind of like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it works out really well. And uh, yeah, so I'm really excited about football this year. It's going to be, um, it's a big year. I actually had... Um, a few people in the off season uh, asking me about baseball. And then they were like, Oh man, I can't wait for football to launch. And I was like, yeah, it launched this year. I wish you had known. I wish you, I wish you had asked me that uh, six months earlier, but uh, you know, it sort of shows like uh, it, like I have my work cut out for me um, to, to promote the game and to share with people like what's going on and what, what's the, what's the story behind auto new uh, fantasy sports in general and fantasy football, fantasy baseball. So um, yeah, so I, I think it's going to be good, and I just I, I know what I need to get done. So I think uh, that that's a better state than than a lot of people. You know, I, I sort of know like, okay, it's just a question of making people aware. So that's that's good. Yeah, I don't know Trey if you played football this year, but Justin and I did, and I had a blast. So and I thought it was really good um, that you almost had like a little bit of a beta season where you mm -hmm. know the the fifteen or twenty leagues that were playing got to try out like all these different features and maybe locate some bugs and something like the 48 hour auction, 
you know, none of us really realized going in that it would feel so much different than in baseball. So we got to kind of banter about what might be the best way. Yeah. And then I think what'll be great next year is that mm-hmm. those of us that played can say, hey, like we tried this out. It's really fun. Like start getting on board. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think uh, that's the other thing is that uh, I remember uh, the year baseball launched. Um, I mean, I, I I launched it and a lot of people were interested right away. And that's not always the best uh, because uh, I think I lost a lot of people in that first year that are only coming back now, uh, three or four years later, once things have stabilized a bit, because that first year was a little bit rocky and had some ups, some bad ups and downs. Um, and and yeah, so having like football, one, uh, I don't think football had any issues on par with the first year of baseball uh, this year and or last year or whatever. And and two, like Tom, totally right, like having. Uh, the opportunity to test it out with like a group of people that are already inclined to try out on a new stuff and are, you know, know who I am willing to email me with issues and not get too worked about the worked up about things. Like we're able to get through the season like pretty smoothly. And I, I thought it was a, it was a, it was definitely more fun than I expected to, because to be honest, like I have been uh, personally working myself uh, off of uh, football, especially off of professional football and uh it kind of got me interested again i'm definitely interested in the draft this year uh which i haven't been in a while because i've never cared about the draft until this year (laughs) yeah but like you know i got derrick henry and i know he's not like the whatever but he's also he produced and now i'm interested to see what kind of job he gets and yeah i'm really curious to see too as people go in the draft to see how that affects their value if you own them in not you know Mm. so if a guy goes in the first round I'm going to be on the wire saying, like, you want to trade for this guy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, I think the th- the week after the draft is going to be a really fun time to trade because you're going to say, like, hey, look, this is the guy. This is where he got drafted. This is where golf is going. This is where it went. Like, you know, you, you have these quarterback prospects, and you're like, two years, this guy's going to be a stud. you got to do it now. Otherwise, you're never going to get a chance. You're never going to sniff him again, you know? And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm pretty interested in uh, it's – it's definitely adding the adding the value that I wanted it to add uh, to the game of football for me. So, so from that perspective alone, like, hey, it's fun, and I got a couple of people who don't care about football to care about football a little bit. Like, that's pretty neat. So, I, I thought it was funny this year too. You could really tell in some of the leagues who were the Adenu veterans and who were like football fans that this was their first Adenu league, because right. all the veterans, you know, like with the forty eight hours, they were like, yeah, whatever. That's what it always is. And a couple of the rookies, like, really kind of bristled at it like they had never played in a league with those type of roster rules before yeah um and i thought it was really interesting to see like between those two types how we eventually kind of started talking about well what might be a, an easier solution for everybody like to really get two sides of a coin that we don't always get with baseball because a lot of us have been playing with the same owners for three four years now yeah no it was good to get that first year perspective and like you know it's the first year so like there's going to be a lot of like fresh takes and it was really great takes. to get yeah hot <laughs> takes but you know fresh and like it was good to get the non-baseball viewpoint because like the baseball owners are definitely going to have a different level of patience and a different level of whatever and yeah so I, i'm pretty happy with it like i, I don't know um I, I i think it'll be uh fun to see where it goes this year and i think uh i'm i'm pretty happy with how 90 percent of the numbers and the sort of settings so to speak uh worked out to be pretty good in the first year. So like, I don't think there's going to be a ton of tweaking that needs to be done. Like 
it's not a situation where we're like, hey, look, the budget's way off. Like the numbers just don't work. Or like arbitration was like a disaster. Like there's nothing that anybody's like, oh man, like the amount of money you can allocate is too much. Like it all just kind of fit together off the baseball model. And I, I sort of remember talking about this uh, with you guys before, but being able to port over an economic model, um, which is like, you know, sort of abstracted away from the sport or the players or whatever, um, and being able to make like a new game uh, with a new sport off the same sort of basic economic principle of uh, auctions and X dollars per roster spot and Y dollars per roster spot for arbitration. Like that's uh, really validating for me and really validating for auto new as a business, I think. And it, uh, it definitely has me uh, thinking about other sports in the future, uh, in the probably a little bit distant future, but still like it, it's very, it's very cool to think about. Cool. Well, that's a really great segue um, to something else we had kind of had on our list, uh, which is uh, we've gotten a lot of questions kind of on Slack and from people really about what you were just saying. How did like the original roster spots and the original lineup and the original you know amount of money that you offer come up in Adenu? Uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little about that. Like, how did you make those choices back when you were first kind of designing the first league and then bringing it public to more people? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Um, I actually have a kind of a funny story about that. Um, last fall, um, I think it was the first week of September last year uh, when Arietta threw his no hitter. Um, I was getting dinner with my friend, and we were watching the baseball game at the bar, and was saying, "Hey, bartender, turn the sound up because this guy hasn't given up a hit yet, and it's awesome." And bartender opens up his laptop and he's like, man, I wonder who's playing him in my fantasy league. So I, of course, was like, oh, you play fantasy baseball. Starts telling me about this like really in-depth fantasy baseball league that he's in, which I was really hoping was going to be auto new. That was going to be the reveal, but it's not. Um, He plays a game that was a lot similar to what uh, people played before uh, auto new, which is they have a spreadsheet that keeps track of salaries and contracts and they manage their day-to-day rosters on CBS or whatever. And it's really complicated. Um, and they have, um, you know, minor leagues and, and deep minors and homegrown talent and all this stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it's not complicated for the sake of being complicated. It's complicated because major league baseball salary structure is pretty complicated. Um, and uh, he knew what Auto New was, and he knew who I was. And uh, he said that uh, his commissioner of his league um, was always jealous of Auto New and wanted to switch their league over to that because it's just a much more straightforward salary cap. <laughs> but people sort of, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't want to do that. And I think you still lean on them to get them to switch over. But, you know, that to me, like, really captured. Uh, what I like about Auto New, which is this guy is trying to walk me through how this other team has Jake Arietta, and, and tracking that is really complicated uh, for him or for any dynasty league that like um, that has like uh, contracts and and different ways of acquiring players and you know auctions, but then also drafts and all that stuff. Um, and so 
you know, for Auto New, like what the way it started, the way we started out with it um, was in 2005. Uh, me and my three friends, or me and my two friends from high school, the three of us. Uh, one of my friends is Chad Young, who I know uh, writes on Rotographs now and uh, is a big member on the Slack community. And uh, you should follow him on Twitter because he has hot takes all the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, Chad and our, our friend Jeff and I uh, all read the book Moneyball. And um, Jeff uh, had just uh, graduated uh, with an econ degree and was like, what if we built like sort of a pure economics version of like what Billy Bean was doing? Um, and so uh, from his perspective, he liked the economic simplicity of it, which is like you value a player and people have to pay the price that he's valued with like very limited restrictions. Restrictions would be um, uh, salary caps for everybody across the board, but like, you know, shared salary cap. It's not a, a thing where teams can go above or below or whatever, or have different caps based on different market sizes or whatever. It's, um, uh, you know, a solid $400 cap, something simple. And why $400? Well, I don't know. There's 40 man rosters in baseball. So let's have 40 man rosters and give you $10 a spot. Let's see how that works out. And, you know, at some point you realize that's all arbitrary, but you want to have uh, whole dollars and not uh, cents because once you get into pennies and stuff, it gets, you know, really. Oh, my God. The auction would be excruciating. Excruciating, <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, whole dollar amounts. Uh, a average players should be about six, seven bucks or whatever. Like, you know, it, it feels about right. So let's just go off feel. And that's worked out pretty well. Um and then for me, the thing that I liked about Moneyball was, uh, you know, I, obviously finding undervalued players, but the kinds of players that are undervalued um, in baseball uh, have a lot to do with like risk tolerance and um, risk tolerance for like players coming back from injuries or risk tolerance for prospects, right? And, um, and sort of uh, that kind of uh, predictive risk tolerance stuff was really appealing to me. So that sort of drove for like, okay, well, you know, these teams are being built off of uh, prospects. Like, why aren't minor leaguers available um, in the games that we're playing today? And why would you treat minor leaguers different than everything else? Because, like, I understand the benefits of doing that, and I understand why some people might find that appealing. Uh, but for me, it's just like, they're all players on your team. They're all valuable assets. They're all assets on your team. So... Um, so you use the basic simple economic model. You just say like every player costs at least a dollar. Everyone gets to bid on everybody. So there's no question of how these players were acquired. There's no weird shenanigans. There's no weird, like whatever, like you have like full transparency on that stuff. And, uh, we want to be able to draft prospects. We want to be able to draft superstars. We want to be able to play against the same people every year. And we want to be able to, make really fun blockbuster mid-season trades like the you know our the three of us went to high school in cleveland and um the when bartolo Colon got traded for cliff lee and grady sizemore and brandon phillips uh at the trade deadline in like 2001 or whatever 99 somewhere in there like that was like a formative trade for us and we're like trades in fantasy baseball make no sense right now and 
how do you build a game in which trading can be more like what these guys are doing? Like when we fleece the Expos, who I guess, you know, whatever, they were about to get shut down anyway. So destroyed their team in that trade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were going to, I think that was like a situation where they were, they had to make the playoffs or they were getting moved anyway. So kind of took advantage of a bad situation. So I feel bad for bringing up that story now, but. <laughs> if there's any Ottawa Expo fans playing, I apologize for fleecing your team. The Indians. Uh, if Jonah I, Carey plays, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Jonah. Um, no, but uh, I, I think like the simplicity of it is great, and we just sort of went on feel, and the feel really, I think, has been validated to work. Like, there's not people saying, "Hey, I want another couple hundred bucks or whatever." You know, it's just like. It feels good and it feels right, so just stick with it. And um, as long as there's like the the new prospects every year and the new players to acquire every year, it'll be fun and there'll be turnover. And you know, uh, you get to sort of witness the the rise and and, dec- and eventual decline uh, into you know uh, retirement for like prospects and superstars and whatever, like. See that that, that's one of the saddest things like as to have a player that was a stud four years ago and like now he's retired and he's still sitting there in the player pool like as a memorial to him almost <laughs> yeah i mean like there's i think the fan graphs one of the fan graphs staff leagues has uh mariana one of the guys keeps mario rivera mariano like, rivera on as a tribute <laughs> yeah as a tribute just like one spot for mariano every time it's like all right fine. i can see i can see bartolo Colon getting a tribute like that in the next few years <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that too. I can Maybe see if, if you can move him to like an offensive player, so you can plug him in your lineup, that would make it work. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I think uh, you know it's just it's nice. It's like uh, it's simple, and that's the reason I haven't tweaked much of it. Um, it got started up uh, as a simple way to like make the kind of trades that we were seeing the Cleveland Indians make and build teams the way we were reading about in Moneyball and all the numbers kept working and there was no reason to really mess with them. And through the first five years of just me and my buddies playing in this league, we ran into a bunch of like weird one-off stuff in the last uh, five years of having it out there for everybody to play. Like we've run into a bunch of likes or significantly less, but other like small one-off things. So there's small tweaks here and there, but the fundamental rules work and it's been fun. And I mean, uh, you know, you guys always say, like, there's not really any other way to play fantasy anymore. So, like, I can't really disagree with that. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it, we just sort of went with some numbers that felt kind of good and that would allow it to be whole numbers and easy to sort of take a glance and, and get a feel for what's going on. And I think that's held up. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, too, that, you know, the game kind of came about from a little more of an economic perspective. And I'm sure you know Joe Douglas, who sometimes records with us, uh, he's like a big economics guy. That's like what he does for work. And he's done a lot of work looking into, you know, what are the exact numbers of arbitration and how do players go up and down inflation? Mm-hmm. And I think what he's found is that, you know, you guys kind of happened on really the perfect setup where it, it just really, like you said, for whatever reason, it just really fits. Like it's easy to work with, but it also is very functional in the way that you can get players in and out. Like it just yeah. makes sense. <laughs> And I think like the the main thing is that it's just like a really uh, within the any league it's a very transparent market, right? Like um, when auctions are completed, uh, the blind forty eight hour auctions, you can see what everybody bid. You can understand exactly what happened. Like 
it's a very complete, you have a complete set of data. Um, and so, you know, having a market-based uh, arbitration, having market-based uh, player acquisition at every single step, either in the live auction or 48-hour auctions, um, it just it's just a way of making sure player prices are fair uh, by, by sort of giving everybody all the information they need to put in the best number. Yeah, and, I think one of the most recent frontiers that we've seen, too, is that um, – a lot of the most experienced leagues trades are starting to become much more market-based you know in the early years people would just kind of they'd get a good offer and they would take it and that was that and now it's become people are much more aware of working the market and shopping their players and getting the best deal that the market can offer which yeah. i think that's been a really cool evolution to watch <laughs> yeah i mean i remember there was like a lot of conversation about that early on but uh, about like how do you like, what do you do about some of these people who take terrible trade offers? And like, well, you beat them because they're going to learn that you can't do that. And and yeah, the the at the way that I won Auto New, the one year that I won Auto New was that I was the only guy who spoke to everybody else in the league, and I ended up making the best trades out of anybody in that league. Unfortunately, that advantage has dissipated. Right. Um, that that's almost been the disadvantage of Slack is that yeah. for those of us that have been playing a long time, everybody else is getting good now, really too. <laughs> yeah, everybody now has that opportunity to talk to everybody else and now you're like, Oh, maybe yeah, I should it kinda dries up that advantage. <laughs> yeah. What what is your advice, Niv? I mean, you've been playing the game obviously longer than anybody and you designed it. I mean, for for someone new, what is I'm putting you on the spot, but what is your yeah. advice to succeed in the game long term and Maybe you can touch on the fact there's some sort of healthy tension there between being a full-on dynasty league where you can keep your players forever at almost no escalation versus mm -hmm. a you know a, a league that changes over every single year. It kind of finds the perfect balance in between. But what is your advice to someone jumping in? And we, we try to give advice all the time, but I'd like to hear what you, you have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, just to be really clear, I'm not good. At auto new <laughs> like i'm not good at these <laughs> games um uh i have a lot of fun with them and i love building them and obviously I've, I've i've built the systems that enable the games but um i don't do as much homework as you guys uh before the season starts i miss stuff about playing time i miss stuff about um guys getting injuries or regression or picking up people who have inflated BABIPs. Like I, I do all that dumb stuff, that dumb, bad an analysis stuff. But um, that all being said, like the number one thing is uh, you're playing against 11 people and you're playing with 11 people. And like, it's a game of relationships. So like if you were joining a new league, like one, I would highly recommend uh, joining a league with at least one or two friends in it. So you can feel comfortable um, there are a few public leagues out there that have come together well. I know a lot of great friendships have formed out of a couple of these public leagues that have been around for a while, and I'm not dismissing that as a possibility, but but just be ready to be friendly and uh, have conversations with people because you're going to need to have relationships with all 11 people that you're playing against in order to make the trades that you need and in order to really make the moves that you need to win. So, uh, yeah, that's all I'd recommend. It's just a, it's a relationship game at the end of the day because it's like transparent market. Obviously, do all the homework. Do all the, do all the analysis stuff that I just said I don't do. Um, but 
but also uh, know all the people that you're playing with, like talk to them, uh, put out feelers for players all the time. Just test the waters on players all the time. Just see like, oh, hey, you got Trevor Story? Like, what do you think about Trevor Story right now? Like, I know he just had a really good first week. You think you want to stick around with him? Like, you have three other shortstops. Like, you want to have a conversation? Like, never... I, I love that point, too, because I can't tell you how many times, you know, you talk to one owner about Trevor Story, and he gets pissed, and he says, like, how dare you ask about him? He's untouchable. But in another league, you ask, and the owner says, oh, yeah, I want to move him, you know, before he falls off. And, like, yeah. if you never ask, you'll never know. Yeah, that's absolutely the thing. And then the other thing is just never get pissed when anybody asks you because you might need them later too. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, just – like, the game works best uh, and you will have the best success when you have an open mind to talk to everybody and you're just, like, a guy that somebody wants to come back to. Because at the end of the day, this is the way it works. Um well, I'll give it a straight example that uh, if Chad gets this far through the podcast, he's going to get real annoyed about. Um, the reason that uh, I won the first the first year of Auto New, we had a we we put the league together. It was going to be a ten person league. One guy had to drop out the last second. We had a nine league team league, which we ex- expanded to twelve over the course of the next year. But that first year, um, right at the deadline. Um, one of the guys in our league who only knew a couple of people personally in the league, but was sort of related through friends of friends had CC Sabathia. I needed a pitcher. I had an offer on the table to him. He came back to my offer over Chad's offer. Chad's offer was definitely superior. It was superior. Then it stood up as more superior now. (laughs) Um, but he came back to me because I had been working with this guy all year. I've been talking to him all year about all kinds of things, um, all kinds of different trades that could work for both of us. And um, that sort of relationship paid off great because then I won uh, the first year of the league, and that was pretty great. And and I can just say, like, that's the advice I'd give is, like, you never know when the guy's going to come back to you with the pitcher that you wanted, and he's going to come back to you because you were nice to him earlier or you just – you, like – replied in a way that like was like okay this person you know maybe there's not something right there right now but i could probably get something there uh eventually that's somebody that i want to work with in the future like you always want to leave people feeling that in auto new uh because it's a trading game as much as it is anything else and you can try to win by just winning auctions and having a really good live auction but uh but that seems really unlikely to me so yeah i would just say uh work really good at your trading game because uh, that's, that's I think, 75% of it. Yeah, the only thing I think I would add there, because I, I agree 100% that basically what you're saying is it's it's the makeup of the – it's the quality of the owners that makes a league. And I don't think that's unique to Autonew. I think it's probably true of any, mm-hmm. any fantasy league. Um, but, I mean, the, the game does get better over time. So I have I've – I'm now in my sixth year with – uh, 11 other guys that uh, I know pretty well and it's our favorite league no matter what happens in any other league uh, in fact our league is a little imbalanced we've had several teams win multiple times and we've had several teams that have been rebuilding for a few years but it's still I think our favorite league just because we we all know each other's tendencies so well so if you're playing for your first or second year it's only going to get better from from here going forward yeah that's definitely true like like I said, like the reason, one of the big reasons that I um, wasn't able to sustain that advantage is because now all 12 of us know each other. We've all met in person. 
We've all uh, had live drafts together. It's a great time. We have a ton of fun. Like just like you said, like it gets more fun. Uh, it's less uh, successful for me personally, but I'm having more fun now than I did uh, ten years ago when we started it up for sure. And um, yeah, so I would just say like find a good group and then stay with a good group and and remember that trading is really important. You're not going to get away with with not trading. That that's the advice I would give. Nave, I want to transition over to you know no no conversation between me and you would uh, would be fair without me asking a bunch of questions about mechanics and customization. So um, yeah, you've made a lot of upgrades to the the site and to the game over the last few years. Recently, you changed the way that nominations are done in the auction room, and I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on that because you posted something that to your blog with that has helped tremendously this year. Auctions went very, very smooth, I thought, and very, you know, a lot faster. You've changed the way that the lineup system works and some better indicators there, and you've also changed the message system. What What's on the horizon going forward as far as uh, your list? I know you've got a long list of things that you want to accomplish, and what are some of those, what are some of the benefits that have happened from some of the changes you've already made? Yeah. Um, yeah. So first off, I think, uh, this year, so the nomination stuff was a little bit of a mess, but I know we got through it, but the, the other thing we did was we actually, um, a friend and I, uh, rewrote, uh, the entire auction draft backend. Um, so, uh, what I mean by that is like the entire system that powers, uh, the live auction drafts was rewritten from scratch and, uh, it used to, manage about um eight uh live drafts at a time and now we are up to uh 24 uh at a time can be run so um it's significantly um faster it's a very very good uh situation um from a scaling perspective there um so that uh, a big thing that I'm focusing on for next year will be, or not for next year, but uh, I guess sort of this week, next week, the work that I'm working on uh, right now, I'll be working on uh, porting those changes over to football and making sure that the football auction drafts are as smooth as baseball were this year. That was really great to see, really validating that uh, they went smooth for most people. Um, I learned some really interesting stuff about uh web-based programming languages in doing this. So I'm pretty happy that I uh, took the time to do it. Um, but I know that like for the leagues that had their watch list set, weren't doing a lot of searching during the drafts, uh, guys who've been doing the drafts for three or four years now, uh, this was definitely the best year. And I'm really happy about that. Um, the lineups uh, page, um, I'm really happy about how that page has turned out. Way easier to change lineups, way easier to make a substitution when you're on the road, on your phone or whatever. Um, it, uh, you know, click on the position, click on the other guy's position or click where you want to move them to. Really, really simple. Um, you don't have to click save anymore. You don't have to like go through a bunch of drop down stuff, make six changes and then not know which one of your changes wasn't legal and then lose all your changes. That's what was happening last year. So... Those two changes were really big for me. I'm really happy about how those turned out. Um, so the next stuff that I want to do, uh, I want to continue to evolve the way messaging works on the site. 
I know we had a really good conversation at the beginning about the community. And again, um, I'm not in the business of replacing uh, Slack or building uh, real-time uh, messaging uh, applications or anything. But I do want um, the auto news site uh, to be a place that people can go to to have like the in your league you can have a good conversation with people in your league and feel like it is maybe not quite as good as slack so if you really want slack you go out there you get it but uh it does the job for people so that um so people aren't saying like okay my first thing when i need to make a trade is go to slack like i don't know if that makes sense but i really want um people to feel like comfortable that like the site has all the tools they need. I think a good way to put it might be kind of what you're saying is um, to make Autonew more of a complete site where you can go to Slack to supplement it. But if yeah. you're not on Slack, you can handle everything you need to right on Autonew. Right. I don't want Slack to be a requirement. That's exactly right. right. Like I have no problem. I, you know, and I encourage it in fact, like some of the greatest uh, things like the surplus value calculator, like, this podcast, like a bunch of other things have come out of Slack that, um, that, you know, obviously wonderful, but, uh, I do want auto new to feel like this is a site that has all the features you need to, to play auto new. And to me, that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, I think a worthwhile goal. So I need to, I still think there's some stuff lacking on messages, uh, that I think we can improve a little bit. I think, um, the team to team messages are a little bit tighter. League messages are a little bit uh, weak. So figuring out how to tighten all that stuff up, um, maybe figuring out how to get to a push notification situation, any of that stuff. Like I think it's doable. I just need to figure it out. Um, and then uh, I really want to continue to improve uh, mobile presentation, um, especially with like showing player stats. I think player stats are kind of goofy on mobile right now. And uh, figuring out a good way to present uh, player stats on mobile, uh, just so that when you visit the site on your phone, it it feels fine, it feels uh, together, it feels like okay, I'm I'm able to accomplish what I need to accomplish on the go. So those are the main things uh, that I that I'm really focused on for uh, the upcoming time. And then uh, bringing changes over to football uh, that I made to baseball this year, and then um, with. On the football side, um, the way I, I, I kind of described this earlier, I'm sort of taking a half step forward with baseball, which I did with the auction drafts this year. Um, I think the half step forward with football will be a little bit more customization to the platform. So letting people have a custom number of teams or in a league or um, customize some other like little things here and there that that uh, allow for a little bit wider uh, audience to play the games and just sort of see how that goes on the football side. I think I, I'm not going to make any specific promises about customization because um, I'm not exactly sure right now, but I think that's sort of where football uh, will take the next half step up. And if it goes well in football, it'll, it'll come over to baseball. I think that'd be really interesting for football too. Cause um, one thing that we noticed is that in baseball, a lot of the difficulty comes from, having so many positions and so many things to juggle during the season. And in football, we kind of realized quickly that it's a lot simpler. There's really four main positions, you know, so there's not quite the same level of like intense lineup juggling to get your right lineup every day, you know, and there's only mm -hmm. really a couple games a week, not dozens of games a week to manage. So I think mm -hmm. having a little more customization would be really cool. 
as people can kind of dig in and get like the exact kind of league that suits them, uh, whether that means like more variables to take care of, or if they just want the simplest plug and play lineup. <laughs> right. And I think also, um, you know, football has uh, sort of a, a rich tradition of customized scoring, for example. Um, and a lot of people are sort of like, oh, I like your roster system, but I like my scoring more. And everyone <laughs> kind of falls in love with their scoring for football. Um, whereas uh, baseball has a little bit less of that. Um, so I think that's sort of a place that like maybe we can have a conversation. Yeah, in baseball, there's definitely kind of the tradition of five by five. And then a lot of things have grown out of mm. that. But that's like the core scoring system for a lot of leagues. And this has come up a few times. I mean, you, I think you covered it. But yeah, we have gotten the question quite a few times about expanding leagues, you know, greater than 12 teams. So, but again, that kind of ties into what you talked about earlier in the, in the base economic system that you've built that is pretty standardized for most leagues, which I think is a benefit because it does lend some, some consistency between different formats and different leagues. But I know I have had that question come up. It lets you have a shared conversation, right? Trey, like, I think that's, uh, that's been like a big benefit to the community and to the growth of auto new is that you can have a shared conversation. Like if I said $3 Alex Rodriguez right now, or if I said $50 Miguel Cabrera right now, you don't have to ask 15 questions, right? You have to ask like maybe one or two. Um, but, but you have this great shared conversation about like, okay, okay. I don't have to know. I know it's a 12 team league. I know $50 Miguel Cabrera, like in a five by five. Okay. Like in a four by four, you know, it's just like a different, it's not, um, it's not okay. Is that a fourteen-person league or an eight-person league? Like, yeah, we really experienced this really- in some of our first articles we wrote, um, and we wrote some articles really mostly looking at FanGraph points because that's the most common. But at the other auto new scoring settings, and people would write in questions and say, "Well, I play in a sixteen-team league with vote off and this and that and hit by pitches count, and should I keep Miguel Cabrera at twenty-seven dollars?" And we would say, "Like, what?" We have no idea how to score this league. Like, yeah, why are you I mean, asking like, this? That's like a whole. That's not like a different. That's like a different spreadsheet, right? It's not it's like a whole different universe. Yeah, yeah. It's not like oh, let me like, let me like enable certain cells on this. No, it's like a whole different like. It's a whole different right. database. You know, it's it's crazy. So yeah, where if you play like auto new Fangraph points or four by four, it's much easier to kind of switch over to a similar but slightly different format. No, I think. Um, Sorry, Trey, you go ahead. No, I didn't want to cut you off. I got to. Okay, well, I guess the last thing I'll say on that then is uh, the the thing. I think there are like a decent number of like fully customizable like uh, fantasy baseball managers out there. Like, like there are plenty of places you can manage a fantasy baseball league or manage your game. Like fully customizable whatever stats you want whatever settings you want whatever contracts you want all that stuff and then uh you you know you could be like my friend at the bar who has a spreadsheet that he has to pass around to keep track of like 80 percent of their league settings or whatever but like uh i think that's the balance uh for customization and trey and i have talked about that you know you and i've had this conversation like a dozen times like sort of like you alluded to it's like finding the balance between um how do you reach the widest uh, audience and like really make sure that people uh, people aren't turned off by this lack of certain settings, but also uh, 
how do you uh, keep it sort of a keep it sort of a good community that can have like a shared conversation about like how much should Miguel Cabrera be kept for, you know, like uh, you can't have uh, you don't want to go too far in either direction there. So it's just figuring out that balance. I did have a question about head to head because it's popped up a few times by different people and it's not all for today. And, you know, in the past, I've sort of been, you know, it's not been a a hot button for me, but I've kind of come around on some people have made some strong arguments on maybe it would appeal to a wider base. So I'm just curious to get your thoughts again on on head to head as a future opportunity. So there's two that I'm I'm really interested in hearing more about uh, in the from the community, uh, two features, which are, uh, AL and L only leagues and, uh, head to head. Uh, I've actually, I'm actually starting to really like the idea of head to head, uh, as well. Uh, I think, um, I think the, uh, combination of like either of the, either honestly, either of the point systems and, uh, head to head, uh, would be really fun or either, either that or, a or a you know a category based one like sort of more traditional head to head, and uh, one of the from a more like technical perspective, um, I actually solved uh, obviously football is a head to head game, so uh, knowing that like I can set up a scheduling system and get people to play each other the right number of times whatever, um, that that gives me some uh, technical confidence for head to head, but. Uh, sort of what I was getting at before, like, I think auto new has like, I think auto new fantasy baseball especially has like a pretty good set of features right now that like, I imagine there are some people that, uh, would say like, you know, really you got to add X and then I'll take that step. But I really think the roster stuff, is the differentiate differentiator. And I wouldn't be surprised if I said, okay, head to heads open, like a bunch of leagues switch over to head to head. But I'm really trying to figure out, like, how do we get uh, three times the number of users to play football, uh, play baseball next year? You know, what's the feature? Is there a killer feature that does that? Are there a couple killer features or is the right thing to do to um, just promote it out there and, and get people aware of it? You know, uh, tell your friends, you know, tell, tell anybody who you know who likes baseball, like talk about it to whoever. Um, and I think it's probably a combination of those two things. So, um, you know, if you, you know. Let me know if you listen to this, you got to this far in the podcast and you really want an AL only or an NL only league, or you really, really want head to head. And, uh, you think you can get, uh, 11 new people to play auto new if they, that would never have considered it without head to head. Like definitely let me know. Like that stuff uh, moves the needle with me, but, um, but that's, that's sort of what I, I want to figure out. And I, and I think from a gameplay perspective, I think it would be really fun. Like I think, that part I'm, I'm definitely on board with. It's just a question of prioritizing it. Yeah, I definitely get the priorities. I, I was just thinking head-to-head would really add like a different impact to um, a lot of the strategy advice we give out. You know, this week I had to decide whether to start Drew Pomeranz at Colorado, and it was like a no-brainer not to start him because it's a long season and you get points later. But in a head-to-head, that could have been like a critical start to get those innings that yep. week. So I think that could really add like a, a more in-depth level but I totally get what you're saying. Like it's, it may not be the highest priority to make like incremental upgrades for current users, which that totally makes sense. And I, yeah, I've actually I mean, I, talked to some. I've been surprised. Ahead, I don't think I told Nib this, but I, I talked to a lot of people who actually are playing Auto New on Yahoo or CBS. I mean, they've adopted the point scoring system because I think that's attractive. But they're playing in a head-to-head format, so 
there's more of a, a buzz about it than I initially thought uh, a few years ago. And I agree with Tom that it would add a nice element. And if you're trying to recruit new new users, I do think a head-to-head option would be attractive to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, you know, again, you, you got this far on the podcast. Like, let me know. Like, you, you know, I'm not hard to reach. You hit up with the community or email help at autonew.com. Tell me you want head-to-head. I'll, I'll definitely listen. Niv, uh, I did want to um, ask you about rotographs. I mean, is that how is that playing a role this year uh, in your relationship with fan graphs and the integration with fan graphs? Is that is that going to continue? And um, is that a, is that a big element of, of growth for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm uh, AutoNew is partnered with Fangraphs. That's that's uh, forever going to be true. I think. Um, it's been a really great partnership for uh, AutoNew and for me. Um, Rotographs, obviously, uh, having you guys or having people writing on Rotographs uh, regularly about AutoNew has been um, minimally uh, just really cool to see from a from a the perspective of okay, um, like people are uh, reading this stuff, like people are. Um, becoming more and more aware of auto new, which is always great. Um, but I think, uh, I think, um, next year we'll see really, uh, and then obviously, uh, if you guys do get to write a little bit about football, which I'm going to lean on, uh, David to allow a little bit of that on the fan graph side. Um, uh, seeing like, you know, uh, an actual like tick up in, in users, but, but it, you know, it's sort of like what we we're talking about before with the community. It's what we're talking about with everything. It's just like, making people feel like there is information out here. This is not the most overwhelming game. There's a bunch of people playing it there. It, it's uh, interesting. There's stuff to think about. Like there, here's a conversation. Here's something to think about. Like, you know, you guys did a great job of sort of set, setting the baseline of like, this is what auto is all about. Um, and so, you know, I think the more content like that, that's out there that exists, like the better. And I think, um, you know, integrating with fan graphs on that stuff is important. And, uh, I actually like speaking directly about the like, uh, web side integration, you know, we, we pulled the fan graphs toolbar because of, uh, a security issue. Um, uh, auto new is now running on HTTPS, which is just encrypted traffic, uh, end to end traffic. So it's, it's just a more secure option. It's better for Google. It's better for, for my, for like auto news, uh, search engine results. And it's better for users, obviously, uh, encrypting, uh, all the data, uh, from end to end. Uh, the fan graphs toolbar is not on HTTPS, so it broke. Um, but I actually want to work with, uh, fan graphs to figure out better ways of getting those tools directly on the auto news site, getting them, uh, so you don't have to go through the clunky toolbar to figure out like how to do, whatever you uh, wanted to do to build your worksheets or to go through your leaderboards or find free agents or whatever. Um, obviously added the links to the free agents uh, leaderboard to the search page, but really want to figure out um, if we can even uh, maybe go so far as to replace auto new search completely with fan graph search or, or create a hybrid search or um, some other sort of integrations there that, um, that are just beneficial to the users at the end of the day. And, um, you know, Fangraphs is on board with that stuff. David over at Fangraphs, like, uh, really encourages, um, 
that integration as much as you can. And so I just want to figure out uh, what works for you guys, what works for the people who are playing auto new and, and how to, how to best uh, serve the users, I guess. So that's why those links came back uh, so quickly after everything broke. And, and that's why I'm, I'm figuring out other ways of integration uh, going forward. Yeah, those toolbars been pretty popular. We've had a lot of questions about that. So more people were using those than I, than I think uh, was expected. So I've had yeah, a lot I of really questions about uh, exporting that information too. So I really didn't realize so many people were using the toolbar. I had been using the player search tool and then when the toolbar went away, so many people were asking questions and I was kind of shocked to realize that they were so popular. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, I know the free agent link especially was like really popular. And I think that was uh, the main one because that was the easiest way to say like, okay, what free agents are available in my league right now? I need to, I need to drop this terrible player who's having a bad first week or whatever. So yeah. I think it um, helped a lot that they were sortable too, which I had never really relied on. But people like being able to go and sort by home runs or by WOBA or something. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, uh, you, know, you know, those links are there now, so that's great. And um, I think I also – one of the other things to learn is that, like, a lot of people, like, they're sort of the number one thing they want to do is, like, sort of look for players. So um, making the look for players project uh, sort of tasks easier and more direct uh, seems like a good a good thing to do on the site. So – so yeah, I think uh, you know, learn some stuff, but definitely going to continue to work with Fangraphs to build some tooling to to make that stuff good for everybody uh, and better for everybody, I guess. Nib, I have I have one challenge for you. So um, yeah, I'm put you on the spot again. You okay. uh, you mentioned earlier that AutoNew is a relationship game, and that your one of your goals is to have all the features you need to kind of develop those relationships. Is it possible to move up the priority of, of adding some personal information to team pages or profiles on the league site? So for instance, the example that, that I use sometimes is uh, you've got somebody that has a team, they're in a league, maybe they've just joined with 11 other guys or trying to get to know them, but there's really no way for a new owner to know who they're talking to. There's no way to put in your real name, your Twitter profile, your Slack handle, whatever you want to do, put a team logo out there. And I could be wrong, but I don't think that new non-commissioners even have access to know what somebody's email address is. So is there a, an opportunity in the future to add more, I don't know if I'd call them just personality features to a, to a person's profile so that those relationships can develop to a different level. So uh, on that front, like auto new users are just Fangraphs users. There aren't auto, there aren't auto new users, right? Um, and Fangraphs, you can actually uh, add a lot of that stuff to your profile there. So you should definitely look at that. Um, but uh, more to the point, like one of the big things, uh, like having discourse come up and making sure that the accounts are all linked together so it's like one account or whatever um is that i do want to eventually put together like sort of an auto new profile page um it may not have like link to your twitter or whatever because require like it, it's it's really tricky because it's a little duplicative from what fangraphs already allows you to do and it also requires like a lot of uh api authentication with twitter which is weird but 
Um, but I do want people to be able to say, like, okay, what other leagues is this guy in? Like, what what kind of teams does this person put together? Like, what um, like how many leagues are they in? Are they commissioners in other leagues? Like, what what you know what's that like basic thing? How many messages do they send as an owner? Like, do their team are their teams making a lot of trades, very few trades, or whatever? So I'm trying to figure out like what's the right way of sort of tracking um, user behavior and user like within the auto new universe and how it links to um, sorry what am I saying uh, and how it links to like uh, or, or sort of showing uh, user um, behavior in auto new and and collecting that in one like sort of handy place so I can say like. Trey owns these teams and these teams have sent this many messages and these teams have made this many trades and, and that kind of thing. Like I know with teams that have a uh, owner turnover, that's going to be a little bit trickier and a little weird. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure that stuff out. And then I also like, you know, not everybody has a Twitter, not everybody wants to share their email with everybody. Um, so it's just a question of like, well, what, what, what fields can be added? Like that'll be 90% like 90% of people will say, yes, I will use that. And that'll help uh, create this community. Um, I'm not sure what the right answers are there because there is a message board. And like, you know, if you're a new user and you're like, hey, I want to meet these people, just leave a message on the message board. Like, you know, it's there. Um, and and it's going to be hard. It's hard for me to say like a Twitter account is going to make me talk to somebody more than leaving a message on the leak message board, if that makes sense. No, that makes maybe, perfect sense, yeah. So it's just a question of figuring out like what would work. But I also think like, like you're definitely right that like having an understanding beyond what your username is, is valuable. Like I just, I, that is true, right? Just, just having so somebody's then, like, real name, I think, you know, is a big step. Yeah, right. And so, but like, you know, some people aren't going to want to throw that up there. Some people will, like, I, I think we can, we can figure some stuff out. Like if you use your, um, if you give your first name and last name to Fangraphs, uh, it comes over on uh, to your auto new user, and I don't think I actually ever display it anywhere. But uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe no, I, I'll I, look I into that. I didn't, I, know, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had kinda... noticed on Slack too. You know that we already had kind of a thing where some people use their full name, some people use more of like a Twitter handle style name. So right. people are already kind of self-selecting as far as how much information do they want to give. So right. there might be like a feature where, you know, they can choose to give that information or they can just leave that field blank. <laughs> just however you decide yeah. to build it, make sure you make sure you scale it to cover Justin because he's gonna be have the longest <laughs> the longest menu of names and just build it backwards from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I notice sometimes when someone has a team name that's too long, sometimes it can mess with the auction because their team name is like bleeding over into a section where it's not supposed to be. Yeah. So Justin could definitely break the uh, how many teams do you own page. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that live auction thing where like there is a thirty character limit, but I guess if certain characters, not all characters are made equally, right? Some of them are wider than others. Yeah. If your so, name is like twenty M's in a row, yeah. yeah I got to figure out how to. I need to find some wide letters and test that stuff out. <laughs> and yeah, I got to find Justin's user profile. So I'm when I'm building this user profile page, I have Justin's list. Um. But yeah, you know, I, I mean, like you're you're not wrong, Trey. Like it's totally, totally correct. Uh, you would, like there are ways of making people feel uh, connected and more um, 
more in tune with like the group of people that they're playing with and that's not there's nothing wrong with that so and that's in fact a good thing and a, and a huge benefit to playing auto news so figuring out like how to do that going forward figuring out like what are the best ways to to do that what are the best ways to to um to encourage people to share information to encourage people to to uh be involved or whatever like yeah uh i want to i want to do that i want to figure out what the answers are i just don't i'm not sure exactly what they are well Niv, i just want to thank you for your time thanks for joining us is there anything that that we didn't cover that you want to you want the community to to know about no, I think, uh, you know, the number one thing is check out the new discourse. It's, you know, if you go to auto new and you look in the top, right, you'll see a link that says community, please click on it, check it out, uh, leave a comment or like a comment or whatever you want to do and, and just sort of poke around there. Uh, Trey and, uh, myself are both going to be monitoring that stuff and, and improving and reorganizing and doing whatever we need to, to make that community really hum for you guys. So let us know. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, email me, uh, help at autonew.com always, whenever about anything. Like I, I want to really be clear about that. I know I've had some people, um, email me after they have problems or well after they have problems and they're frustrated and they don't know why nobody was ever helping them with their problems, but they never were communicating with me. And I just want to make sure everybody knows like, uh, help at autonew.com is an email that I have, uh, available all the time. Uh, for anyone so yeah that's it well Niv thanks thanks for building a great game and spending some time with us tonight and uh, we look forward to a, a great season of Trevor Story home runs and uh, <laughs> yeah. the uh, the Indians I'm... just missing the playoffs so. oh well I'll take one of those two things <laughs> well maybe we'll do this again next year and we'll see yeah. what happens <laughs> um, yeah it was a lot of fun and uh, you know thanks so much for doing this and, and having me on it's always a good time Well, thank you all for listening. This is episode six of Autographs, and we'll sign off.